Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got going today? Hey, Adam. Hey, fun treat. Today we have Greg Crooks, who in a former life was a scratch golfer, but today he is our executive pastor. So Greg, uh, thanks for coming here, buddy. Glad you're here. It's great to be here. Long time listener, but first time caller. <laughs> well, it is a special day indeed. This is a special episode. It's like 27 or something. So that's it why is. we always roll out the big guest. Yeah. It's on 27. Yeah. Did. That's every, in the every, podcast book we read. Everybody so knows get that. Get your yeah. best guest on episode 27. Great. Well, what, are we talk, what are we talking about today, Adam? Uh, so today we are going to talk about productivity, how to get stuff done. So this is a topic that is so relevant to any leader in any industry, but especially those of us in the church leadership world. So Greg, why don't you uh, just set up this topic a little bit? How does how did this become a topic that you were interested in? How do you kind of think through some of this? Why yeah. don't you set us up? Yeah. Well, maybe first, just because, you know, I've needed it. And, um, you know, when I've been thrown into different roles here, I've found myself uh, drowning. And so one hand on maybe a surface level, just uh, wanting to thrive and be productive and use my time well. Um, But more important than that, um, just the mission of the church and just what we get to do. Um, The church is is God's plan and it's the hope of the world. And um, we are, uh, we have a chance to participate. We get to participate in that. God has given us uh, spiritual gifts to invest to those ends and um, even specific good works that we get to walk in that he's prepared in advance. And so uh, what a privilege. It matters a ton. Uh, You know, I was just thinking about what Jesus said at the end of his life um, that we see in John 17. He said, "Um, Father, I've brought you glory on this earth uh, by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And uh, what a privilege that would be. What a vision, a life goal for us to have. And so um, we want to be faithful. All right. So Greg, you and I have similar backgrounds. We both spent some time in corporate America before we came on staff at the church. And so one of the things I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed it too, I have found getting things done to actually be more difficult in the church context than it was in corporate America. Have you had the same Yeah, experience? totally. You know, in the in the corporate world, for me, it was like you were working on just a couple projects, but you were going really, really deep into those. And then also, it's just a more task-oriented environment, right? And so here at Watermark, uh, very relational people that you would love talking to and being with. And uh, there's just a ton going on. There's a ton of great opportunities, and it's hard to choose. And so I think this is a lot harder in the, in the church world than it was even for me in the business world. Yeah, and definitely in the church world, most of what we're doing is relational. It's it's all relationships. And so in corporate America, if we didn't get something done on time, it was just a task uh, sometimes, or oftentimes it was just a task or a deadline that wasn't met. We're here. If if you drop a ball and it's somebody's life yeah, that's <laughs> is right. on the line. It can that's be their right. crisis, something that is just their worst day. Yeah, the stakes can seem higher. And, you know, I think uh, just to frame this up, I think it's good to just know, okay, on a, on a tension, uh, feeling the tension of, are you more task-oriented, like you just wake up thinking about your email and, and just being productive? Or on the other side, are you all relational? You just live for that next coffee and lunch and just going to walk around and talk to everybody and, and then you go home. And so just knowing, hey, where am I on that spectrum, like everything else? And then just seeking to uh, move more towards the middle. And, you know, one of the questions that we've asked on this topic around here before is, um, hey, what what time is it? And uh, is it a time for work? Is it a time for relationships? Is it a time to be off? And uh, when it is time for, for work, I think these six things are, are really going to be helpful. Great. Well, you've alluded to this. You've got these six principles, these tips that I think will be really helpful that we'll just go through each of these. And uh, so the first one you have 
is to catch it. So what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just, I just uh, envision a big catcher's mitt. And this is just having one single landing place for everything that uh, you're working on is, is in your head. Uh, what this doesn't mean is, you know, you have a bunch of different places. You have a post-it in your car, you have the notes on your phone, you have a Word document, you use your inbox and all that kind of stuff. It's one place where everything ends up. And so maybe you have a good idea when you're on a run or when you're working out or when you're reading a book, that eventually ends up there. So it's not everything that you're going to get done today. It's not all your top priorities. It's just, this is where everything ends up. Important things, good ideas, long-term things, uh, personal stuff, work stuff. Uh, it's just, it, it just ends up in one place. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of peace just for me of knowing, okay, not that I'm going to do all this stuff, but I have my arms around what all, you know, my current workload encompasses. And then, you know, as a boss, I'll tell you the same thing. It, um, it, it, it brings a lot of peace in me to know that people that I'm working for have that stuff on their mind. Not that they're going to do it this week, but in a lull later on, they're going to get to that. So I think that builds a lot of trust. That's solid. So um, both of you guys, let me ask you this. Uh, what what tools or resources do you use to catch it all, uh, mm-hmm. Greg and then Adam? Um, for me, I, I still use Evernote for the most part for all of my work stuff as kind of where that stuff ends up. And then um, I've been playing with Todoist, which is uh, just kind of a task management thing. And I use that for most of my personal stuff. How yeah, you, and I, I, most of my tasks I capture on just the to-do app. I mean, it, nothing. I've tried some of the other fancier ones and I just like the simplicity of just the to-do app that comes with the Microsoft suite. I've even used the one that comes, you know, built in on the iPhone and both of those have been great. And so it is, it is great though, to have, just to know what is that one simple place that when the ideas pop in your head, where are you going to put it down? That has proven to be so helpful to make sure that you get to these tasks eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And you use OneNote too, don't you, Adam? I do. Yeah. yeah. I switched over to that. Which I feel like OneNote's making a comeback. It, it is. It was like, yeah. it was cool. Felt like in the '60s or something. You know, sometimes you're you're just sitting around at lunch and you're having a conversation. You're like that. That's a really good idea. Like, how's that going to get done in six months? Is that is that going to be followed up on? And so, just yeah, just having that one place, I think, is good. Hey, Greg. One thing I don't know if you were going to talk about this at some point, but I wanted to make sure to bring it up. Uh, early one morning, I walked in uh, to your office and you had this massive spreadsheet up, and I was like, "What in the world is that?" Um, do you know Do you know the spreadsheet I was talking? I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah. yeah. See. It's the uh, just the one where you kind of you had your your priorities and where they were, and mm-hmm. we're just kind of working your way through them. Yeah. On a Monday morning, I thought that was brilliant. Do you mind mm-hmm. sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I think this is what you're talking about. But one thing I've done, I, I tend to send this out once a quarter or maybe once a month to our elders, which is, hey, these are what I think are the top 20 things going uh, on across all of Watermark. I don't have to necessarily be working on it or be the owner, but hey, this these are the biggest things. Here's where things stand. Here's what's next. Here's what's going on. And that way, you know, they can see that. They can pray for that. They can speak into that. And then, uh, you know, in a month or in a quarter, then be able to report back. So I think that's, I think that's been helpful. Yeah, that's good. And so you were like... <clears throat> You and I were talking about it, and what you were doing was like anywhere any one of those were stuck, yeah. you were just trying to activate mm-hmm. movement um, yep. there, which definitely would be a role of an executive pastor, yep. but I think any leader. Yeah. Um, what's everything that needs to get done, big picture, yep. not, not granular detail, yep. and then is anything stuck? Okay, yep. what do I have to do yeah, what to are, move that forward? What are the decisions that need to be made? What resources are needed? How could we make that unstuck so that everything on that list, if there's 20 of them, those are moving? 
but yeah. it's captured. You don't have to keep re-remembering them, yep. um, firing up another Post-it note. You've yeah. got it uh, yep. all captured. Yeah, yep. very simple first principle. Just catch it. Have a system where you're putting all your ideas, all your thoughts, all yep. your potential to-dos, yep. putting them all in one place. That's a great, uh, easy-to-follow principle. Second one you have is this, is now to prioritize it. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, you know, not everything on that list is created equal, right? And uh, not everything that seems urgent is is truly important. And so this is just going, okay, let's, let's talk about this week this month, this quarter, let's talk about today. What are the key priorities that, uh, that I want to work on? And so just going through all of those in, in terms of value add, strate- you know, what's strategic, uh, these are going to be the things that I'm working on. These are the key priorities. It's hard to take more than three or four of those, I think, at a time. Um, and this is another thing. I think we're going to talk about alignment probably a lot through this, but just aligning with uh, your team, aligning with uh, your boss, just communicating, hey, these... My best time, my best energy right now is going to go to these three or four things and then knocking them off. But if there's not alignment on those and, and uh, on the priorities, then uh, you're not off to a good start. So just uh, spending some time prioritizing, I think that is uh, probably one of the most important things that we'll talk about today. Any questions you ask yourself to, to set priorities? Mm-hmm. You know, what's uh, what's really important that's broken, you know, is one of the things. Um, what what should we be getting to as an organization that we're not able to? Uh, what are some of the, the really uh, important, value-added, fun things that uh, we're just, we're probably not going to get to? Then I know for me, I go, okay, well, what if I could dive in and move that along? What if I can get a decision made or resource allocation so that's going? Uh, but, you know, working with uh, the elders who are, you know, leading our church for the most part, just to establish those and communicate those. So that's good. Yeah. I think, um, any kind of time management books you read will all say, start with, you know, one, two, three, yep. four, maybe four things, but generally no more than three things yeah. every day. Do yep. that. And then if anything else is kind of bonus, yep. and especially I feel like in pastoral work, like there's just going to be an onslaught of mm-hmm. interruptions and things yeah. like that. So yeah. you have to, I, I try to walk in every day, you know, with like maximum three, generally two things. Yep. Like I, this is what I have to yeah. get done yeah. and start there so that when the interruptions come, yep. uh, I didn't, I didn't do a, a bunch of frivolous things mm-hmm. first. I was doing that. And so that, you know, the whole, old phrase. I don't know who came up with it first, but, um, you know, it's to eat the frog. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you familiar with that yeah, phrase? So, yeah. you know, just this idea that if you eat the frog first thing in the morning, or eat a frog first thing in the morning, yeah. then everything else, you know, uh, will be downhill from yeah. there. Nothing else will be harder. And yeah. so generally the thing that's most important I've come to see is also the thing that's most difficult or probably the thing I don't want to do. Yep. And if I'll start and do that, I am running downhill with the wind in my yeah. back the rest of the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I do a bunch of other things today or this week, that's great. But these are the three or four things that I have to do. This is also helpful uh, as new things come up, right? And so if I've got these three things, I've aligned with my team and my boss, that, hey, I'm going to spend this week, this month, this quarter, these three or four things, and then something new big comes up. Then you go, okay, great. Hey, these were the priorities. Where does where does this fall? Does this change this? Does this bump up? And so, again, working hard to align. Yeah, and so there's something about the human nature that just wants to cross the list off, you yeah. know, move, 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 move. Yep. And, uh, and we get stuck in getting that little, you know, euphoric feeling of crossing things off, but they may not be the most important. So yep. as a leader, because this matters, like you said at the top, we've got to do the most important things first. Yeah. Uh, really solid. So for younger leaders, they probably need to talk with their bosses yeah. to make sure they have the right priorities. So that's probably one thing that those that are, those of you that are listening that are that are younger or a little bit lower in the organization, make sure your boss 
believes that your priorities are the same as his priorities or mm-hmm. her priorities. You got to have alignment there. Yep. But then I think for somebody that that is responsible for leading others, we probably need to be careful of how many things we're saying are a high priority. Mm-hmm. Because if we're telling our team everything is a high priority, well, now they're running after five, six, seven, eight things. Yep. And just because we had a good cup of coffee that morning and we got excited about something doesn't mean that it should trump all the other things that, we, that we've been telling them. So I think as, as uh, leaders, sometimes we can be responsible for making everybody so fragmented and running all those different directions. And we need to be careful of what we're saying really truly is yeah, that's good. a priority. So, that's okay, really so good. you got to have a system to catch it. You got to have a way to be able to prioritize it. So the third thing you say is now to schedule it. So yeah. This is where you're now getting down to the nitty gritty, I yep. think, of how do you get something yeah. done. Yeah, something I think about a lot is uh, just what gets scheduled gets done. And so in the perfect world, all of these priorities, uh, the key ones end up really as, as appointments on your calendar. And so, um, you know, making time for the most important work, putting those big rocks in first. And so again, you know, we are, we are prone to, to kind of chase the tyranny of the urgent, but, um, you know, we've, we've recently done, uh, staff reviews, you know, around here. And so that, that was a to do on my calendar because it was never going to be urgent, but I had to do it. So a 60 minute slot on Thursday at two o'clock, complete staff reviews, um, preparing for this, you know, it was, it was always going to get drowned out in, uh, just meetings and being reactive and fires. And so, um, just what gets scheduled gets done, you know, what's kind of your time, your plan and your place, just like even, you know, reading the word, you know, or, or even working out, um, because, you know, the, our calendar a lot of time drives, you know, what we spend our time on. All right, Greg, so you said that what gets scheduled gets done. And one of the things I've also noticed, and, and I'm ripping this off from somebody as where I've heard it, is that uh, a task always gets done or often gets done in the amount of time you give it. Mm-hmm. And so I've noticed when, when I've gotten into the habit of scheduling things, these high priorities going, all right, I need to work on this talk or I need to work on this review yep. or getting ready for this. If I just put an hour, uh, an hour on my calendar and I know I've got an hour, it's amazing how much I can get done yeah. in that hour. And the other thing I've noticed too with count, with uh, scheduling all of this is if I start my week on Monday and I know I've got a lot of priorities and things I need to get to, but I look at my calendar and there's a lot of white space, there's been some some meetings that haven't been scheduled yet, those things will get gobbled up really yeah. quick. Yep. And especially if I'm not in complete control of my calendar. So I've got some people on my team and admin on my team that can help with calendaring that it, I've got to go in there and fill that up before I get invited to other meetings. Sure, And sure. so just getting that stuff on the schedule, mm-hmm. on the calendar, has been so helpful. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. good. That, it, that Parkins law, that work expands to fill the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as much time as you give yourself to do something, that's how long it will take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Truly, if you have all day to do it, it'll take you all day. And if you've got, you know, an hour and a half to do it, you'll get it done. It's just a magical force in the universe. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. is. And yeah. we all know that from college, you know, when you had like the <laughs> final and you're like, oh, I got three days to study for it. And it took you three days to study for it. it. You never just studied for an hour, three days in advance. Like It always happens. So we know that's true. And yep. so just trying that for a few weeks, like I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to work on this one task. Yep. Put it on your Time calendar. Box. Just work on it. Yep. I think you'd be amazed at how yeah, productive been, you could be. I've been putting my iPhone, just doing the, the countdown timer and putting it where I can see it. And it's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. It's like, you know, a power boost, 2X uh, more effective That's when good. I'm watching that thing roll down. You know, other thoughts is just does, you know, does your calendar uh, reflect your priorities? Because it should, you know, and so thinking about, okay, these are the most important things that I do in my role. And then if you look at your calendar from the last 30 days, okay, does that, or is or the, the time that I'm spending, does that reflect those priorities? I think that's big. 
Yeah, the old adage that someone else should be able to peer into your calendar and tell you what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah. You should yep. be able to. Yep. That's great. All right. So catch it. You got to have that system. Prioritize it. You got to know what you need to be working on next. Schedule it. Just get in that habit of putting things on your calendar, giving yourself time boxing, certain tasks. Those are three great principles. Let's move on to number four. Number four is now to focus your time. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. I think this is the most value additive thing on here, maybe, uh, especially the younger generation where there's just so many distractions. And uh, I assume in the old days, Days when people were writing sermons and writing books and doing great work, they were they were unavailable for long periods of time. And I don't know how how reasonable some of that is today, but I just mean carving out you know sixty to ninety minute blocks several times in your week where you're not you know necessarily online available, you're not on social media, and you're really doing your best work. And it just means I think getting away. You might change you know from your from your office and just. Just go somewhere where you're not going to be interrupted. Uh, there's that do not disturb button on Mac laptops on the top right. Put that thing on. Maybe your phone goes on airplane mode and just get into some of that deep work, which is a book that I know you've read recently and love to hear your thoughts on that. But just that focus, I think, makes a big a big difference. Yeah. I mean, some of the, especially in the ministry world, and I, and I think it's also the same in corporate America, but we're talking to church leaders, is just the number of interruptions that can happen, just the little pop-ins, mm-hmm. right? Just, hey, can I ask you a quick question? That if your door is open, uh, you're going to get a lot of those and mm-hmm. you're going to get pulled off task. And so sometimes yep. shutting the door, or if you don't have a door, you live in the cube farm, then yep. you got to go find a spot where you can get away and mm-hmm. really focus distraction-free. That is probably more difficult now than it's ever been, as sure. you alluded to that. Sure, And you see this in Jesus' life, right? In, in Mark chapter 1, he's doing that. He's getting up early. He's leaving. He's getting away intentionally from the crowds. And you know, going back to the question that I asked earlier, uh, ask yourself, what time is it? And there's a time to put your head down and work really hard. And then after you know an hour or so, you know, take a break and go out and talk to your team, check your email, check your text, check your social media if, if you want to. And so just having those specific dedicated times to say, okay, this is, this is a, what I'm going to be in work gear. Uh, and if you do that two or three different times and, you know, hour slots, I think that would make a big difference to some of the most important priorities that you're working on. Yeah. And if you have a, an office, it's easy. You can close a door and that's kind of a universal sign of, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, can't be disturbed right now. I think a lot of people that are in an open workspace, what I've heard, I've had some conversations with others recently about this, and they'll talk about headphones is kind of the equivalent of shutting the, the door. So even if you door. don't have That's music it. on, sure. just put put on a set of headphones, <laughs> nice. and hopefully people won't, or usually what they're saying is people are going to go, oh, they're they're in the middle of something yep. right now. And so that's, yep. that's a way. It's that like faking a phone call. Yeah. yeah. Can't talk to you. Um, really good. Yeah. There's some of those, those blockers that will block social media. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can download those. And so you're basically locked out of yep. your social media. And yep. so, um, which is, you know, can be incredibly helpful. Yep. Okay. So, uh, email, let's talk about it. I hate it. Mm. <laughs> can we say that? Not a fan. Just did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And I don't know, I don't know anybody that loves email. It is just a necessary evil uh, today. So let's just talk best practices about yeah. that. How do you think about it? What's it useful for? Um, how, how are you managing it? Uh, what are you trying to stay away well, from? Well, I mean, here's a, here's a hot take. Um, 
I think that we are over responsive, a lot of us on email. And I just think, you know, a lot of people talk about inbox zero or responding within, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of all important emails. I just think those are, are poor goals. And I think that that ends up Amen. hurting us <laughs> more than it does helping us. Totally. And um, I think that, that there's a lot of people that just say, hey, my, my job is to do email. And that, that we want to respond. We want to be available. But uh, I think we're, we're a little too responsive. Yeah. The guy that's, you know, uh, monitoring the world's, uh, you know, launch codes and making sure that uh, no one's launched a nuke, he needs to be responsive yeah. and uh, send and reply to sure. email super fast. Yeah. Uh, we're not that guy. Yeah. You know, um, batching your email responses, I think, is really helpful. So maybe one, two, three key times throughout your day where you're looking at it. You know how sometimes you go on vacation and, you know, you get 100 emails, but 30 of them just kind of work them, themselves out, right? That's going to save a lot of time. But just doing those all at once versus, you know, continually throughout the day, I think that that saves a lot of time and energy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, unroll me. It's amazing how over time, yep. you know, how many things you're subscribed to. You had <laughs> A, that you didn't subscribe to or B, yep. that you forgot to, and suddenly your inbox can be clogged. Uh, unroll me is a great tool just to get rid of kind of all of that. Uh, one thing that's been helpful for me is to not worry about today's emails, mm-hmm. is, is, is not seeing those as a big, you know, blinking light unless they come from you know, Todd or you or the yeah. elders or something like that. Uh, everything else, if I can get to it, I can. Uh, but I try to process yesterday's uh, kind of open loops. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing when you do that is like many of those things have sorted themselves out. You yeah, know? totally. And, and so you don't have to, uh, you just kind of read the thread, hit delete, yeah. done. And you, yeah. didn't have, you didn't have to craft, um, craft a response. And yeah. I've found that if I can keep yesterday's emails answered by yeah. and large, then, you know, uh, that I'm generally on top of things and probably yeah. add more value uh, throughout the day. Yeah, I think that's good. And just, you know, scanning, right? And just seeing, okay, that's that's an important one or, you know, that's really time sensitive. But a lot of them, I think that's so true. Yeah. I think one of the most freeing things that I've read recently about email was in that book you just referenced, uh, Deep Work. Yep. That most email, and, and we'll go, let's go even farther. Most digital or electronic communication is not important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if, if something is really, really important, I'm not going to email somebody. I'm going to call them. Or I'm going to go down their office and I'm going to knock on their door. Or I'm going to pop in and, and make sure. So the really urgent, important stuff, mm-hmm. people most of the time will call you or they will find you. Yep. And that for some reason has been so freeing to me to just yep. go, you know what? Most of the stuff that's happening on email, if you start to look at your email through that lens, like going, mm-hmm. is this critically important? Most of it's not. I'd say yep. 95% of it yep. is not critically important. And mm-hmm. so... I just am not even sweating it even more yep. anymore of just like, all right, it's there, it pops up. And I, I, I know for me, it's just, it's a, um, it's, it's a distract, it's a fun distraction. I don't like what I'm working on right now. So that's more that's fun. It. That's yep. really I really good. That. Yeah. I have seen leaders and they are amazing at emails and they are terrible at moving the balls down the field. They yep. should be because they're so responsive yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. Re- I yep. mean, it really is kind of the epitome of the tyranny of the urgent and just being reactive, which is okay. My, I'm going to spend my time with what comes into my inbox. And so that, that kind of goes against some of the things we're talking about today, you know, real priorities, things that are really going to move the ball down the field, real strategy. And and so we've got to be responsive. We all know that. But I think that uh, I think email and social media are some of the biggest time wasters that, you know, we could talk about today. It's good. Yeah. And so if you find that time to focus where you're shutting yeah. the door, putting on the headphones, getting away for 90 minutes, mm-hmm. odds are when you get back to email, yeah. get back to your phone, 
nothing of any value will have happened yep. during that 90 yep. minutes. And yep. so it, you got so much more done. Yeah, the real value minutes. is in your time investing in writing that sermon, you know, writing that blog, crafting, you know, a really important email, right? Yes. Some emails take four or five hours to, to create. And so I think that's a big deal. You know, one other thing that I think is a best practice is revisiting with kind of fresh eyes in a fresh kind of 60 to 90 minute chunk, some of those key projects. So if you did, did that, you're working on an article or a sermon on Wednesday, and then on Friday, you come back with a new perspective uh, for a new chunk of focused time. I just find that I'm, I'm sharper. And I think that really helps for some of the bigger projects. That's good. Okay. So I like this. So you got to have a system to catch it all. You got to be able to prioritize it and you schedule it, making mm-hmm. sure you're getting things done, focusing that time. So you got to put, and I think what you said, Greg, I'm going to make sure I heard this right. Two to three times yeah. a week, getting yeah. chunks of time, 60 yeah. to 90 minutes yeah. where you're focused on your most important projects. Yeah. Just Distraction-free. Turn off mm-hmm. the phone. Turn off the email. Uh, all of that. So you yeah. got to be able to focus your time. And then I number that five helps. that you have here is uh, think what's next. Yep. Yep. And so uh, this is you know think about some of the really really large projects that you're working on. Uh, construction is one of the ones that we use this a lot when you're planning a retreat that or, or a conference that is you know almost a year long uh, planning type thing. It's just okay. Think think what is next. Okay, how can I, we talked earlier about what could be stuck, you know, what, what's the next step to get it unstuck? What, how could we keep the, the ball moving down the field? Um, you know, how could we keep spinning the plates? And so just thinking, okay, what, what could I do to keep that moving? And, you know, a Gantt chart is, you know, kind of a term from the, the business world that, um, is explain, kind of, explain what that is for these yeah, pastor it's types. It's really just Didn't a project, kind of a project management tool, like a timeline. So if you have a, uh, we've got a big conference coming up in May, but in July and August, you know, you're working on some significant things. What are those? So it's, it's really just a timeline that has all the work on it, but it just says, okay, what, what's next? What is the priority for that huge, massive conference today? Is that booking speakers? Is that negotiating a contract with the venue? What is the thing that I could work on today to keep the ball moving down the field? What's next? Those Gantt charts, I made fun of them, but um, recently we were working on something and mm-hmm. you, you asked for one of those yeah. and the guy created it. And yep. I was like, okay, it, like suddenly the whole universe made sense mm-hmm. and we were on top of it. Yeah, rather you than kind of just get your arms around yeah, it. Rather than, rather than just nebulous, massive sure. task. Yeah. Just, just breaking it down mm-hmm. in small little pieces yeah. uh, suddenly really just kind of made it uh, manageable and I think doable. Yeah, uh, yeah it could be overwhelming, right? But what's the thing right ahead of me that I'm going to work on this week that is going to make that conference in May a huge win? Yeah, and if there's a leader out there listening to this right now and they're like, okay, I still don't know what you said, Gantt chart. Like, is that a guy? Is that, who is that? What is that? You don't know Gantt? No. And so you chances are- look it up are, on the Google. Yeah, Google that and you'll see what it looks like at least. But chances are you've got somebody who would love- to, to be involved in that sort of administrative detail. So we're not saying that you have to create mm-hmm. this chart, but if you've got this big project, like what we've got, this big conference in May, yep. somebody probably in your church right now, either on your staff or a mm-hmm. key volunteer thinks that way yep. and just employ them. You don't have to do it all, but get them to say, hey, what are all the little things we need to do? Yep. And can you make this Gantt chart for or some <laughs> yeah. schedule for yeah. me or, to get this yeah. done? Or, or this, there's a, there's a project I'm working on right now um, with one of our websites and it's, it's much more simplified than that. It's everything that needs to get done and who's responsible for it. Yep. 
And so then we can just pull it up and we throw it on the screen and we scroll through, okay, what, what's the update on that? And when it's done, we mark it green. Uh, if it's in uh, progress, it's, it's yellow. And if it you know, hasn't started, we don't give it a, uh, don't give it a color. And then you just real, you don't have to know any technical coding uh, skills that, that will work just it's, fine. That's good. And I think it really helps to just rally the team um, so that it's not overwhelming. So, hey, this, this is where we're going, guys. And then also as you communicate up, for example, same thing, really helpful to just see okay, I know, I know that we're on top of this and this is where we're headed. That's good. So the, just one other thing on, on this, I find when I come in front of like some really massive opportunity or some massive, um, you know, uh, undertaking, we were talking about one of those conferences and the whole thing's just kind of uh, overwhelming and I don't want to start. I find if I can just yep. do something, like yep. anything, yep. then it puts me in a sense of motion and I can keep going. Yep. And so I literally, uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're thinking about some, some different external focus things around here that I know nothing about and it can be a bit paralyzing, but I find if I send one email to one person that yep. knows more than me and yep. I ask them for just 10 minutes, yep. now now I, I get that phone call, I'm in motion and, and mm-hmm. I get going rather than just being paralyzed. Yeah. So just do something yep. sometimes I think yep. is uh, hugely important. That's good. All right. So catch it, prioritize it, schedule it, focus your time, think what's next. Last principle you have here is my favorite one, Greg. Mine too. Yeah, you do you. What That's, do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, just you gotta we got to make. We have t-shirts for yes, this episode. Yeah, the first first episode of the t-shirt. Uh, I mean, you just have to personalize all of this stuff. Um, all of us are working on different projects. We're doing different types of work. You know, some of us are in really creative um, roles. Some of us are in administrative roles, and so you just really have to work hard to personalize the what, uh, and then just like thinking about you and where you're at your very very best. And what time of day is that? Uh, where are you? Uh, for me, really early in the morning is when I'm at my best. I got a cup of coffee brewed. My kids are asleep. My wife's asleep. I can be at home. I'm doing really, really good work. At night, like 10 o'clock at night, I mean, I'm worthless. I, I'm doing nothing. And so you really just have to say, okay, thinking about me, auditing my energy levels, my focus, my creativity, when and where am I at my very, very best, and uh, just personalizing that. And so that would go so far as even, you know, you don't have to use Evernote. You don't have to use OneNote. No. You don't have to use your iPhone for this stuff. So yeah. if for you, you still have the old school Franklin Covey planner and that works yeah. for you, yeah. you're keeping them in business yeah. by all means. Keep buying God, those. Where, where would you those find one of those right now? I bought one. It's a yeah. black market for it. You uh, bought one. Yeah, I tried it last year and went... I, I didn't use it very long. But anyway, so I know you can still buy them. Yeah. So if it's that, uh, if it's a notebook, you know, whatever it is, if it's the composition notebook, we know Jim Wimberly mm-hmm. uses a composition. That's how, where he captures everything. He yeah. writes it all down there. So you have complete and total freedom to use whatever system mm-hmm. works for you and knowing when you're, when you're uh, I think Dr. Ned Hollowell will call it the, uh, the morning burst in his book, Crazy mm-hmm. Busy, that everybody has a morning burst and it's not always in the morning, but that is the time of day when you can get the most stuff done. You've mm-hmm. got to know when your morning burst is. Yeah. For some of you, it's at night. Yep. For some of you, it's in the morning. For some of you, it's right after lunch, whatever it is, you've got yep. to know yourself and take full advantage of your morning burst. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, after a run, there's generally something nagging totally. that I don't want to do. There's an email I don't want to craft. There's a phone call. And uh, so, at night, if I go on a run, that's the first thing I do, go do. Is it's kind of like slaying a dragon. It's like, yeah. all right, I've got the endorphins rushing. Now, mm-hmm. I've, now I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And so yeah, just part of I knowing think that's yourself. Huge. Yeah, knowing yourself. And once you get to that place where you go, okay, now I'm at my best. Making sure that you are using that time for the key priorities or the really important creative projects and strategy, and uh, just using that time accordingly, I think is big. And um, you know, I, I know you guys talked about this on a recent episode, but you know, leading our 
ourselves well is probably the most productive thing that we can do, period. And so just making sure that all of those gauges are full, uh, things like working out for me make a huge difference, not only in just my energy and my creativity and my leadership, but also just in generating new ideas, uh, reading books, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I find myself finding a lot of new stuff during times like that. So that's really productive, if you will, as well. All right. So what would you guys say to the leader that's listening to this going, great. I hear all six of those principles. That's fantastic. You don't know my church. You don't know the people that I'm responsible for leading right now. I would love to get stuff done, but it's always people that are getting in the way. And I just cannot say no to them. That's why I'm a pastor. That's why I got into this work. What would you say to that person that may be thinking that right now? That's good. You know, this is probably not what you're looking for, but um, one thing I think we can fall into the trap of wanting to be needed. Yeah. Uh, generally, when somebody tells me that, um, I'll ask a lot of probing questions and I'm like, I, I don't think you need to be in all those meetings. I don't think you need to answer all those uh, emails. I don't think you need to return all those phone calls. You can delegate that or just don't even go. And sometimes we need to be validated by busyness. And I think uh, that that is part of it. All right, Greg. Uh, so one thing that we haven't talked about what would you do? There's probably somebody that's has thought about a person throughout this episode. They're going, if only that person would leave me alone every day. They come by uh, multiple times a week. I find myself pulled off sides into a 35 minute conversation, 45 minute conversation on something that doesn't matter. What would you say to that person <laughs> that is thinking about one, that person? One in their person office? that comes to mind. Uh, I think it just goes back to um, what time is it? There's a time to embrace those and be flexible and go, um, hey, oh, hey, yeah, come on in, let's talk. And you know, there's a time to be firm, like, hey, um, hey, can I get right back to you? This is probably not a great time. But it also goes back to um, kind of where you're working. So if you're working on a really important project and you're in that intense work year, you know, being at your cube or being in your office with the door open might not be your best place to be. So just thinking about that and, uh, man, I'm not great at this. I, I, oh, I struggle I with beg this to differ. I've, I've been a recipient of the Christian brush off this week. <laughs> so, uh, Monday I rolled into Craig's office and I was, it was important. I wasn't talking sports and, uh, he looked up from his little laptop. He looked at me and goes, Hey man, really busy day. Catch up tomorrow. And that was it. And then he went right <laughs> oh, back. He didn't even, he didn't even ask me if I was okay with that. I he just went that. right back to I, it. And you I emailed totally me late last, that. you emailed me later that night and, and, uh, brought me into some of the stuff that you were thinking about, which is really, really big. I was way more important than what I had. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel, I, and I've got relational trust with totally. you. I, I, I thought, you know what? Greg's really, really busy. It's all good. We'll, yeah. we'll catch up. And no. <laughs> we, we have a conflict resolution to None. clean up None. after this. No, I thought it was I, here. I didn't it's an leave. effective way to do it. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's really some of that uh, that assertive conversation. Like you, you can be assertive with some of that stuff and not be a jerk. Yeah. And so it's going to, of course, it's going to be a little jarring to somebody if they're coming in and they want to ch chat about whatever happened on America's Got Talent that night and they want to show you the YouTube video that they just watched. Help it's going to be a little bit jarring to them, yeah. but at least it's clear. Yeah. And, and they're probably... Oh, he was clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I but, was okay, clear. so going back, I mean, I know where I am on that on that spectrum, right? I'm, I am productive all the time, trying to get as much done as possible. 
And so I need to relax and I need to move more toward that middle and be more flexible. Um, there's some people that are those repeat offenders, right? That they're all about those. They're all about popping into your office all the time. And so they need to go, hey, not, not everybody's wired like that. People are, are working hard around here trying to get home to their families. And so just knowing that self-awareness, I think, is a big thing. So That's good. Hey, uh, Greg, one of the one of the phrases you use uh, a lot is Weezer. You yes. explain yeah. that and the dangers of it. Yeah. And I think especially for the kind of the younger generation uh, characterized by I'm, I'm kind of doing a bunch of different things. I'm kind of working right now. I'm kind of with you at lunch right now. I'm kind of with my family, but really I'm not all in on it. I'm not fully present on anything. And so just finding that gear and staying in it else, you know, we're just not going to be effective with relationships. We're not going to be effective at work. We're not going to be effective with our family. If it's email, Instagram, you know, uh, conversation, work, on and on and on. Yeah. Which is, goes back to the point that you made on doing this in bursts. So yeah. you're not waking up that morning and going, great, today's just going to be a day where I just focus on tasks all day, yep. the door is shut and it's just monotony and I'm mm-hmm. doing, th- you know, so yeah. you're doing this. No, we're asking you to do this or try this for yep. 60 to 90 minutes, yep. a few times a week. Yeah. Turn off all That's those distractions. It. Yeah. And, and I think that would it. make a huge difference. Yeah. That's right. It really, yeah, the prioritizing, I, I'm kind of stuck on that right now. And I'm in the deep work concept. I think a lot of pastors are just getting drug into the next thing. And the best, I, I think perhaps some of the best um, work they can do, some of the most valuable um, things they can do to contribute both to their church and also to their community is to go deep on something else. And so I'm thinking about a pastor that has got, you know, some systemic problems in their community. Now, he can stay in his office and he can answer the phone, emails, those kind of things, or he can shut it all down and he can read about uh, systemic poverty and he can read about you know immigration and he can have have lunch meetings with uh, the mayor and things like that and really um, really move the needle in his community it'll, it'll take hard discipline to work but that is such a better use of his time yeah. mm-hmm. uh, than just you know being really really responsive and so that that's why we're talking about this is because the, the mission matters yeah uh, this isn't just a, a happy a healthy you know you it's about the mission yeah and I think one of the things that has really helped me along those lines, John, is I got to think about this deep work, the most important focus time. It's a finite resource mm-hmm. every week. And I, I don't think I understood that until maybe the past couple of months. I'm starting to realize that deep creative work, I only have so many hours a day. Mm-hmm. And so I get to choose where I spend that or where I invest that is probably a better term. And so uh, if I get to the end of the week and I have spent it or invested it in a whole bunch of other places, or I spent it places and I didn't invest it, then... I'm going to be frustrated because I didn't get to to do what was the most important stuff. And so I think if we were to start to think about that deep work as a finite resource, you have maybe two hours a day in, of really focused. That could be focused on listening to somebody or focused on getting something done and thinking deeply about a subject. Mm-hmm. Start to think about it as a finite resource. You can't do that for four hours a day yeah. every day. I mean, yep. you can't you can't do that. It's not it's not gonna uh, you're not gonna be productive. You only have a limited amount of time. So yeah. I, that's been really helpful for that's me. Good. Just going, hey, I got to think about this. I got about two hours a day that I can really go deep on something, right. and then I can fill in with all the other yeah. time. A couple of things that that comes to mind. I mean, if you're a weekly communicator and you're working on a sermon 
women. I mean, that is one of the most important things that you're working on for your church. And so give your best to that, you know, and if you're kind of prepping, but you're just always being interrupted and you're never really in that gear, that's not going to be great. Or, you know, writing a book. I'm assuming that, you know, people that write great books, they're doing that deep work, they're focused their time. So, I mean, I'd love to kick it to you, Adam. I mean, what is that? What were some of the big changes that you made coming out of reading that book? And you are writing writing a book and you're, you're our weekly communicator. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, everything we've already talked about, the scheduling has been the biggest thing and uh, I'm not no longer judging success by zero inbox. Yeah. And so, I mean, those have been two of the most tangible, practical things. That's good. And then that thinking about that deep, that deep time as a finite resource that I mm-hmm. cannot schedule six hours in one day to work on a sermon yep. or to work on something. It is just not going to, two hours of that will be productive. The other will not. And so mm-hmm. I've got to space that out, which means I got to plan a little bit differently. Yep. And so those have been some of the things out of Deep Work that have been really helpful. Yeah, this might be throwaway, but just also communicating with your team or even with your family, like, hey, these are the slots. Hey, guys, on Wednesday afternoon, I'm typically going to be probably out of the office. You're not going to see me. That's because I'm working on the sermon for this weekend, or that's because I'm writing a blog post. So if it's possible to not be looking for me and it can wait till later, awesome. That's that's the time that I'm going to put you know some of these focused areas in. That's great. All right. Well, this is an awesome list, Greg. I think this will be really, really helpful for a lot of people. So one last time to catch it, prioritize it, schedule it, focus your time, think what's next, and then you do you. You got to make up a system that works well for you. So John, any final thoughts? Yeah. Just one thing we didn't talk about was delegation. Mm-hmm. And that is a big part in all of this here. Yeah. And you can't do everything. And um, and you've got to figure out what you can delegate and how you can uh, how you can train up people who have no idea how to do this kind of stuff. Part of, part of your role is to help people and know how to manage, um, prioritize, schedule their own time. Who, if Someone who is 22 coming out, uh, coming into the workforce uh, for the very first time, they probably don't know any of this, so don't make any assumptions in your organization. you got to train them. But think about delegation and think about empowering uh, people. And I, I've been thinking, I don't know where I heard this phrase, but I've been trying to um, delegate the role, um, not just the task. Give someone the power to do, the, you're, you have this role, I'm not going to give you the 20 tasks that go with it. You're empowered. Uh, one of the books I use with all my new hires um, is a book called Letters to Garcia. And it really is about um, just taking initiative and seeing things through to the end without, you know, bugging your boss with five million questions. And so uh, just kind of empowering people with the role, telling them to treat their their job as an owner, not a hired hand, um, makes your life uh, a lot easier, which is, um, I guess, better said, it allows you to use um your best leadership gifts in ways that are um, the most productive and most helpful to uh, the church. So don't um, don't forget to delegate. Don't forget to empower and um, get out of the micromanage uh, uh, role and, and help your people that you work with uh, think like owners and uh, you will get more uh, done and probably you get the, the most important things done. Greg, that's good. You know, uh, another word for delegating that we talk about around here is uh, mobilizing volunteers, for example. And so if I'm in my office doing a lot of stuff, that's great. That's just me. But what if I could get 10 people in our body who do what I'm working on, this type of thing every day, they would love to volunteer. That's going to get us a lot further in the end. So yeah, I think delegating and training up other leaders, that's some of the most productive things that we could ever do. Well, Greg, we love having you on this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I think this is going to be really helpful. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or topics you would like for us to consider for future episodes, feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.